from a mid-beginning season break? <laughs> we took a little summer in the the um, time machine, and <laughs> it was it was nice to uh, take a deep breath from podcasting. But I really miss you, Kay. Like literally, the first thing I say when I saw I said when I saw her was, "Girl, you're tan." <laughs> in my defense, it is summer, and I live at the beach. <laughs> It was nice to have summer. I do feel like we took like a summer break, but it was super weird. And I know you had a lot going on, so it was like the perfect time to take a break. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we finished our season, you had stuff happening, it's the summertime. So yeah, I thought it worked out, but I am so glad to be back at it. I watched this episode way too far in advance, and I took my notes (laughs) then, so we'll see how this goes. I took my notes this morning. I'm going to do my best to try to keep us on track, yeah, but I think, we'll see how that goes. I think we'll even goes. it out. I think there's just going to be a lot of me going, what the heck did I write? Because when it's fresh, <laughs> I can read it somehow. <laughs> there's a lot of buzz in this episode, too, there's which is super exciting. ton of our sweet baby angel buzz. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. There's so much buzz that I don't think we can put the buzz sound in for every time we see buzz. I only ever do it the first time we see him in an episode anyway, if okay, I do it. So whether or not we do it at all, this is a buzz heavy episode and it makes me very sad that I don't really remember this episode. Like it's not in the canon of my greatest hits and that plays in my brain over and over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, meh. I had kind of forgotten who the murderer was until I saw the murderer and then I was like, oh yeah, that one. Listen, I knew our red herring was our red herring and I was like, absolutely not. Not for one second is that the right thing (laughs) and by virtue of the way this show goes if it's not the red herring it's the other guy (laughs) (sighs) i mean oh speaking of the way show goes do you have apple tv i do not i don't i don't apple or amazon anything okay well let me uh, let me put it out there that if you ever hop on apple tv i highly recommend the after party it's starring her name will come to me shortly, but uh, there is uh, there's a murder. They figure it out, okay. And so, in true psych fashion, there is a guy who doesn't belong. And I looked at Drew and I said, "It's that guy. There's no other reason for him to be here besides him being the murderer." And Drew was like, nah, "I don't think so. I think it's this other guy." And I was like, "Well, then why is this person in in the show?" We get all the way through. It was the it was the guy Drew thought. And I was just like, I watch Psych too much. Because if there's no reason for them to be there, they're the murderer. Or they're like, just suddenly introduced by name before the first commercial. You're like, ah, he's something. Yeah. <laughs> watch so, that, that dude. A... So who's in the after party? Oh, yeah, I knew you were going to ask me and I still don't remember. Well, what else is she in? Um, I can get on the Google. Girls sure. Trip. Um, she's a comedian. She. She's like Tiffany she's Haddish. Very, very, thank you. Like she's very hot right now. Tiffany Haddish. Oh God. High school reunion. And then like, ooh, ooh, that's a vibe. It yeah, it's it's a good show. They tell like they tell everybody's individual story per episode, and they theme them based on the way that person kind of interacts with the, the world. And so like one of the guys personas is like tough guy and so his story was very action movie and one of the guys personas is like like the 
the excited How jazzy did I guy. I know and... about this movie. This okay. Th- yeah. This show has like multiple crushes of mine in it. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Sam Richardson adorbs John Cho. Oh my god. And then oh my god. Okay. 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 Ben Schwartz though. Oh, I know. I mean. Oh, I know. Okay. My husband and I have discussed at length that even though we do not plan to have children, I desperately want to name children Jean Ralphio and Mona Lisa. <laughs> yes. <sighs> I couldn't tell you the guy's name. I know him as John Ralphio. Now, his name in the show is Jasper, which is kind of clever, but yeah, he's John Ralphio. And he's kind of John Ralphio in the show. Love that for him. Also, Dave Franco's yeah. in it. And I mean, he's not mm-hmm. a big crush of mine, but those eyebrows are if we want to go back to childhood crushes, like uh, Fred Savage is what he is now, but he was for sure a childhood crush, and he's in the show. Fred Savage is? Yep. He makes a, like a one-episode arc. Okay. I need to know more. Fred Savage. Yeah. Would, would highly recommend to anybody. It was very, very entertaining. It's good for both like your classic comedy mystery person like me, and your more like excited thriller mystery like my husband Ooh, okay. it worked out for both of us well, it was four good. it was good. in three Would episodes recommend. channing tatum's in two episodes yeah <laughs> okay and that was recommendations with alexis i mean yeah what if we oh my gosh oh that's okay. fabulous but i guess we should probably uh record our show yeah we can i'm there it's showtime This is To the Blueberry. I am Alexis and I'm a real life Gus. I'm Kaylee and I'm a real life Sean. And together we are a real life best friend duo who decided to start a podcast so that we could talk to one another every week. Although we did take the last four weeks, five weeks off. It, it's still been a good, a good plan. <laughs> Unimportant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we are doing season four, episode five. Of psych this episode is called sean gets the yips and it starts as it so often does with a flashback to 1989 it is a little baby sean in a baseball outfit and little baby henry in a umpire's outfit kind of ish yeah i don't know what he's doing sands the pads i was just like blah 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 footwork second base nonsense i don't know sports ball i don't really care about that part my two favorite parts though of this scene are Henry sets up a shooting target as little baby Sean's like throwing target. And when Henry asks Sean if he's ready, Sean said, I was born ready, dad. And then Henry said, actually, you were born breached. It took hours to get you out. (laughs) Good catch. I just wrote Miss Toss truck window. Yeah. So Sean throws a good throw. And then Henry's like, oh, man, that was perfect. Uh, And he actually, like, sounds quite proud of Sean. And then he gives him a lot of extra instructions that totally freaks him out, which I would have too. Yeah. That's when he completely misses the target and knocks out the window of the truck, of which is Henry's, which is the same truck that Henry has in the present day, which is where we're headed next. At the present day, we are in the police bar 
I mean, we find out it's the police bar. And I just wrote Buzz! Yes, everyone's congratulating uh, everyone for good game, and Sean's giving this soliloquy about how well they did, but they also have to give it up for their their opponents, the haircut hut. Um, I wrote big win in parentheses, or in, in air quotes. It was kind of one of those, like, they won, and Sean was super proud, and they were like, Sean, why did you, why are you happy? You almost lost us the game. What are you talking about? Juliet says he overthrew first five times. He also got five hits. And then he gives a big long speech about how he has the yips. It's a very common problem amongst highly skilled athletes and international men of leisure. Specifically, former Yankee second baseman Chuck Noblock. He was the first one to get the yips. And Sean is seeing a sports psychologist to help get help with it. And he's already seeing a marked improvement. Gus says five overthrows is an improvement. <laughs> Sean thinks it could have been ten. All the food gets there, but Sean is looking around for his pizza chili cheese fries. I would love a pizza chili cheese fry. We need to talk about these pizza chili cheese fries, but we're going to talk about them in a minute. Sean can't find it, and the first thing he does is look around, and he sees someone who's reading the Santa Barbara Mirror. And so then he's like, listen, listen, uh, waitress, where are my pizza chili cheese fries? Or the Sean Spencer, although no one will will accept that name, even though I eat them six times a week. Jenny, who is the hostess, waitress, lady, she says, I brought them to the table and Sean says, no, no, you didn't. Because if, if you did, I'd be eating them. I'd be. And what does he say here? I'm sure you have it written down. I, I didn't write it down. I would be in a, a state of pain in my colon or something like that. Yeah, something, something health related and how they're a detriment. Let's see. And he's like, I want to talk to the manager. Where's the manager? Oh, he's that guy right behind me. <laughs> I will talk to him about the name of these fries and how quickly they get to me. Okay. This is what the fries I need to talk about. First of all, pizza, chili, cheese, fries. Second of all, six times a week. I have been calorie counting now for five months. And I would, I question in all of my my brain how Sean looks like Sean does if he eats pizza, chili, cheese, fries six times a week. I think it's what we like to refer to as the Liz Lemon trope, because <laughs> we love to see a woman who eats, but Liz Lemon somehow eats total crap all throughout 30 Rock, and she looks like Tina Fey looks, which is unrealistic and depressing for a woman who wants to eat like Liz Lemon eats. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just kind of frustrated by that. Yeah, and Her. Henry with the steak, like, it's the same thing. It's like, sir... Take yeah. care of your colon and your heart. Yeah. While Sean goes to talk to the manager, he sees this guy come in with a hoodie on who looks kind of off. I just wrote shady hoodie guy. And Sean rushes back and they're bringing out a cake for Buzz's birthday. Aw, you guys remembered. And then they're singing and Sean is like, not so quietly panicking. And he says, we have a problem. No, upgrade that to an emergency. There's a guy with a gun. And Lassiter stops what he's doing at the word gun. 
that finally got his attention. And I'm listening. <laughs> Sean has this plan about getting the baseball bat to use as a weapon. And Lassie literally just goes, step aside, pulls out two guns and just starts firing at this guy. Where <laughs> were these hiding? Thank you. I was wondering the same thing. I'm pretty sure Sean was wondering the same thing. Like, what void at your side, Lassiter, did you just reach in and pull two guns out of? On top of that, I don't remember any, like, surrender or I'll fire sort of conversation going on. I just kind of remember him pulling out his guns and then there being a lot of gunshots. And I question how Lassie is getting away with just pulling out his guns and shooting. Because he does it later. I think I think it was return fire. Because I think the guy had already shot, right? So that, that was the one possibility that I was thinking about. But yeah. at the end of the day, Lassie missed the guy. He ran away. It's a cop bar. A shot was fired at police. At police returned fire, even though he was off duty. Yeah. With his non-service weapons. <laughs> Chief Vic comes in. Lassie is like, this was an attempted armed robbery. I'm sure of it. And gets ready to send Juliet to check the perimeter. Also, it was a white male, medium build, about 5'10". He rattles it off pretty quick at some point. Sean and Gus are there. Chief Vic is like, listen, Sean, if you don't have something helpful, I need you to get out. As Chief Vic always does. And Sean's like, he dude walked past the cash register. He wasn't here to rob the place. He's here to kill someone. One of us. And then we get our credits. <laughs> full credits. It's a full it's a full song this time. I listened to it both times I watched it today. <laughs> Worth it. Love it. At the Santa Barbara Police Department. Um, Chief wants facts. Sean's like, fact. If he didn't kill who he was gonna kill, he's gonna try again. Attempted murder. Failed. We'll try again. Um, need to figure out target. Juliet says that's not a fact. At best, you're taking a stab in the dark. That's a great horror movie title. <laughs> Which Amazon told me was a reference to... A third sequel of some prom yeah. murder. Si- yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Never Something saw that. Like that. I don't know. But he wants Gus to remind him to write it in his holiday letter to Wes Craven. 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 Who never writes back. Someone... Tells Lasseter they could try hypnosis, and he says hypnosis is stupid, and Sean says fact. <laughs> Sean is trying to tell them that this was all about trying to kill a cop, and Lasseter was like, who walks into a known cop bar to kill a cop? Sean says, who walks into a cop bar to rob it for the $42 in the cash register? He actually says fact, and Lasseter goes, if you say that one more time, I will shoot you in the face. Truth. <laughs> there was only $42 in the register. <laughs> Lassiter is like, he's a whacked out junkie. I know that's why he's going for it. But then comes in Henry. He saw the shooting on the news and he was worried and he's admitting it. And we're, we see growth. He called Sean a bunch of times, but Sean's phone was off. Not Gus's. The very first thing that Gus did was call his parents to let them know that he was okay. And what did Sean do? He ate a banana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to take a moment with this part that we're skipping. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Chief is like, I I want 
to make it known that we have a counselor available to see all of you because you are all present at this attempted, possible attempted murder and this shooting. Uh, nobody wants to speak to him. But Sean does say, Chief, I am interested in seeing a counselor. However, may I see my own counselor? I have, uh, Dr. Manny. He's really helping me with my yips. Chief Vic? Not funding your yips. In comes Buzz. Hey, we found this hotel key in a piece of a sweatshirt outside of the restaurant. The guy must have dropped it while he was running away. Um, it's for room 16 at the hotel. Hoodie material and Lassie and O'Hara are going to go. They are going to take Lassiter's car because he finally got it back from the shop. But he's going to need Juliet to sit on a towel. No offense. I didn't understand that part at all. Why would I be offended by that? I don't either. Lassiter's car goes missing a number of times throughout this show. But I don't remember it happening in the last episode. Yeah, it's not like it got flooded. It's not like Juliet is leaking. Like, I don't understand the sit on the towel bit. The only thing that maybe floats with me is the fact that they're all still in their, like, their baseball uniforms. Like, Lassie literally still has his sliding his sliding pad on his leg. Oh, okay. You're connecting dots. This is making sense. I don't know anything about sports ball, so I wouldn't have thought of that. Sean and Gus don't want to go to the hotel. They go back to the restaurant instead. And Gus doesn't know what they're there to find. Gus, don't be the ribs that flipped over Fred Flintstone's car. That was a twofer there. We got a Gus don't be and a... Pop culture. Pop culture reference. <laughs> I am a said social media reference. <laughs> the world we live in, folks. Um, so we need to suspend our disbelief and hop on the streetcar named Shanzire. Dude, you know how that metaphor makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> so Sean psychs out and he sees the guy's watch and he's like, that guy was not a junkie thief. Like he was not strung out. This wasn't an act of desperation. He was wearing a $5,000 watch, and those socks were at least $80. Sean is very aware, because he just bought them on Gus's Nordstrom credit card. He also psychs out on remnants of his pizza chili cheese fries. Gus is like, dude, if you're not going to take this seriously, I'm out, and starts marching away. Um, Gus freeze. On his way out, Sean's like, hey, manager, where does that camera feed go to? And it's underneath the hostess stand because Gus happens to be standing very close to where the shooter was standing. Yeah, so he doesn't need the tape because the cops already have the tape and he's like, it doesn't matter. That's not what I need. Sean says the guy knew how to avoid being on that camera. If he's so smart, why would he drop a room key in the alley? That was a dummy lead. We need to restage the scene. Well, Lassiter and Juliet break into the hotel room, but they bust in. And there's no one there. While they're restaging the scene, there's a couple things that are important to note. Mm. Sean is the salt. Gus is the pepper. Juliet is the sugar. Lassie's the lemon. And Buzz is the cherries. Because, I mean, the show goes on if he's not in the episode, but he's always the cherry on top, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry. So cute. He's so cute. Everyone else ends up being mashed potatoes. (laughs) And so Sean kind of like puts together who was where and where the shot was fired towards. And we figure out who the guy was after. Your face. What? (laughs) Sorry. That was a weird yawn. You were holding in a yawn and it was like a, 
I don't believe you face for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was like, no, no, that's what happened. <laughs> they do the lineup. They re-sing the happy birthday song. And Jean realizes who the shooter was after. Now we're in the car with Lassie. Yeah. And Lassie's phone is ringing. We're guessing it's Sean. Lassie bends down to pick up the phone. Shots fired! And he ends up wrecking the car again. <laughs> Which is what he's mostly mad about in the whole thing. Here's the thing. What color is his car in this episode? Blue. What color did it used to be? Red. Okay. <laughs> yep. I'm not crazy. <laughs> nope. We're back at the SBPD. Sean does this whole, like, ah, I'm so humble. I would never say that it was, you know, I saved your life or anything. And where he finally lands is um, the important thing is that he is unharmed because of me and I was right. And the boys are wearing stripes and plaid in the scene. I was really close to using, uh, the important thing is that you're unharmed. And I was right. <laughs> um, as my quote, but it needs to be in this scene. The question that comes up is who would want to kill Lassiter? Lassie says, lots of people want to kill me. And I take great pride in that. Oh, Lassiter. So then Sean and Gus start li listing off people who might want to kill him. Like his landlord, his mailman, his ex-wife, Bigfoot. Chief says, wouldn't it be nice if our psychic could help us narrow this down? And Sean's like, he has way too many enemies. That's not, it, like, the, the juju is just so thick with animosity. <laughs> Juliet thinks it's someone who might, he might have busted in the past. Which only takes Bigfoot off the list. Um, but did you know that Bigfoot only wore a size 10? <laughs> <laughs> More on this later. <laughs> Lassiter's like, I'm going to get this guy. And Chief Vic's like, mm-mm, your safety and the fact that this case can't be biased means that you have to stay here under 24-hour guard. They leave, and uh, Sean's like, hey, Lassie, the frozen yogurt guy's outside. Want to go get one? Oh, wait, you can't. I said public threats. Lassie says Palermo Fletcher. Jules says this isn't working. They are right outside of the room where La Lassie is sequestered and they're trying to figure out who who has made public threats about or to Lassiter in the past and why uh, which one of them might be looking for him and then that's when Lassiter pops out and goes don't forget about Palermo oh and Fletcher and then he goes hey lift up that more so I can I can see it too and then Juliet's like this isn't working and they end up going to the psych office to finish up out there research i'm so glad you can help me decipher the details needed in my very sparse notes <laughs> at the psych office gus is like this is good we're only missing one thing uh pizza i'm thinking a sensory deprivation tank and hallucinogens but i could go for a slice they're gonna order it but they cannot find the phone because sean keeps losing it they have this big argument and that's something about a chromosome. <laughs> oh, nuance chromosome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. My notes are a mess. <laughs> While Juliet's looking for the phone, she sees that there's an elliptical in the office and that it's covered in clothes. And then she asks whose elliptical it is. Sean's like, that's mine. I'm going to be getting that eight pack soon. Maybe even a nine. Tall boys. <laughs> you can play me like a harp. <laughs> Juliet said that she has a private 
trainer now who uh, has a lot of really great motivational tips if she would like to, if Sean would like her to share some with him. But Sean said, I'm not really into the whole motivational Tony Robbins things. I prefer his brother Baskin. (laughs) I just wrote (laughs) Tony versus Baskin Robbins. (laughs) I hate it. So we sneak back to the SBPD and Lassiter is creeping around and he makes a phone call to Garcia? Mrs. Garcia. Oh, Mrs. Garcia. And tells her something about that fat bastard. <laughs> uh, yeah, it very rudely tells her to tell him that he knows that he's the one who's trying to kill him. And then there's kind of this breakdown and he goes, I'm very sorry for your loss, ma'am. Because... He also had an uncle who had a cardiac dis- had, who who died of cardiac disease, and she hangs up on him. Rightly so. The phone is still missing back at the psych office, but Sean sees Ivan Petrovich in a picture, and remembers from the newspaper he saw recently that Ivan just got released from prison, and he was a drug lord, and like the worst kind because he sold to kids. I'm sorry. How does a known drug dealer get released from prison? Because they only got him on the gun charges. Okay, but gun charges can put you away for a really long time, especially if it's not your first and only offense, which I doubt it was. That's the story. And that's actually the story that creates most of the plot line. There's a big old hole in it, I agree. Yeah, there's a big old hole. Also, you can get drug lords on RICO charges. Just get some of his underlings for lesser charges. He, he's culpable. Come on. Anyway. Sean doesn't remember this big case, but apparently it was a kid, um, a high school kid who OD'd. And um, sh- while Sean's looking through the, the case file, he sees the notes and a picture of the kid and a picture of a kid with his dad. And it's all very, very sad. Yeah, and so their names are actually on this case, too. So he was a quarterback who died of an OD. There's a picture with his dad. They don't remember actually working on this case, um, but their names ended up on it, and Sean's like, do we even get paid for it? Or maybe that was Gus. And Sean's like, eh, don't worry about it. I mean, what do you want me to do? Return the fee? Apologize and confess? Uh, The phone rang. It was Chief Vic. I answered. Consultation. Uh, Was it a misdial? Maybe, but... (laughs) Juliet's like, we need to update Chief Vic and let her know about Ivan. And uh, Sean's like, well, I guess it's time for us to start looking for him. But if we wait until tomorrow, Lassiter has to stay sequestered all night. <laughs> Saka! Back at the SBPD, um, Chief is like, I remember this scumbag. She puts out an APB, but the speakerphone is on. Um, Lassie heard everything because Juliet dialed him in. This one is personal. During the trial, he turned around at the family and winked at them. Okay, and so we have an epiphany. Like, he may be going after people who put him away and worked on his case. But you know what? Buzz was there, too. Juliet gets sent very quickly to go check on Buzz. Maybe even go to his house and check him out. Yeah, so he lives in this cute little apartment area that kind of looks like um, Poirot would live there. (laughs) <laughs> and there's he's got a little pool and a little gate yeah, it's, it's very adorable so there was no answer to his phone um so we go in and 
we're acting a little bit panicky, but Buzz is there. It's okay. He's okay. He was just in the shower. Beckett is going to stay with Buzz. And um, so Buzz is walking to his mailbox and is like, hey, just let me get my mail and then I'll make us some eggs. I love Buzz. Boom! The mailbox blows up and he goes flying backwards into the swimming pool. Oh, thank God there was a pool there. Damn. So this was a commercial break. And I clearly remember this being one of the longest commercial breaks of my life. I mean, how dare they even suggest that they're going to kill our sweet baby angel Buzz. I was like, what? They cannot kill Buzz McNabb. What? 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 This show would be nothing. (laughs) Dead to me. (laughs) Uh, It's okay, though. We come back and he's stable at the hospital. It was a crude device. File says his name and the gents' names. And Juliet calls to warn Gus. Right. As Gus's phone is ringing, there is a... The first thing we do is we zoom in on a clock to see that it's the middle of the night. And we may have cheated, but right behind the clock, there is a little glass... Pineapple. Gus picks up the phone and Juliet's like, we think he saw the file. We think he knows that you guys were part of it. Um, where is Sean? We need to protect you guys. We go to the psych office. Sean is on the elliptical. And he's dying on the elliptical. He shows Gus this water bottle note that said, if your heart rate drops below 150, you die. And he said, this is like the plot of the movie Speed. <laughs> Actually, it's more likely the weapon too. <laughs> like when Danny Glover finds the bomb on his toilet. <laughs> I'd love to be on a toilet right now. <laughs> so the guys actually have this beautiful tender moment. And Sean admits to something, something about $8,000. Yeah, he actually got $800 for the Petrovich cakes, not 500 And in bus Juliet. After Gus forgives him. They show her the note and she's like, guys, I put this note on your water bottle. It's one of those tricks I was talking about. I do it for myself all the time. It's a motivation thing? Then what's that beeping blinking down down by the elliptical like rotator? Juliet reaches and it's the phone. The cordless phone. <laughs> Gus said, we're idiots. Sean finally stops and then hits the floor. Back the SBPD. We're doing a real big sneak from the blueberry. There's a lot of dramatic sneaking going on in this episode from kind of here on out. It's very interesting. Juliet's like, chill you babies. (laughs) The sprinklers come on. They freak out. And Juliet's like, listen, we're inside. Everything is going to be fine now. We're cool. We're men. <laughs> um, McNabb is on crutches, and he has only one eyebrow. And he lost parts of three of his toes. And they say he has a concussion, but he feels fine. No, I'm fine, Beal. <laughs> so, Buzz is so sweet. Um, That's exactly what I wrote. Buzz is so sweet. Buzz is so sweet. So what does Sean say about 
oh, his dehydration because of his ordeal. And Buzz is like, how thoughtless of me. Let me get you some water. And he's trying to hobble around on his crutches. I'm like, honey, no. Sean goes, gets himself some water. He stops somebody else from getting a cup of water and said, I had a killer workout this morning, which I actually think was a very clever line. I do. Yeah, I do think so. Oh, we get a Chief Vic wrap up. I just have Chief says Lassie's back on the case. Okay. I got to pause here for a very real question. One of the points that she made earlier was that if Lassie was on the case, there could be some form of bias going on. And that didn't go away just because Lassiter feels like he's safe enough now. So I don't know why they decided to let him back on the case. I don't either. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Good. Yes, you are correct. Maybe I thought too much about it, but yeah. Okay. Um, Lassiter is going to take point. Everyone applauds for him. He hands out a list of hiding places that he knows that he has been in. Sean takes a look over it and goes... There's one on here that, uh, there's one I know of that's not on here. It's Martin's Shoe Repair. Apparently, this place is the size of a shoebox, and Lassie wasn't worried about it, but fine, we'll check it out, and the boys go for a ride-along. Yeah, Sean remembers that picture with all these big guys coming out of of the, the shoe repair shop, and he thinks that there's another space within it so they go they they check it out everything is very dramatic again is it bigger on the inside <laughs> but it is on the outside they busted through there's no one there lassie's ready to leave and sean's like no there is an extra room and he starts looking for secret openings he's trying to find the lever and he's failing at one point he takes off the thermostat cover which doesn't do anything and he tosses it to Gus, but fails to toss it and overthrows it, just like he always does first base. And then there's uh, a thunk on the floor. It's a trap door. And, um, you know, for, for logic's sake, all four of them go into the trap door. But Lassie goes first, because of course he does. And then we get a very dramatic search. And Lassie hears this thud. And immediately, and, and sees a shadow and immediately starts shooting. No worries. He hit him. He did. But this goes back to the point I made earlier. There was no police were coming in. There was no surrender or all fire. There was no other, like, there was no weapon being pointed at him. Lassie just shot and shot the guy, and now he's dead. Sure. Sure, that's what happened. I didn't hear the thunk. I didn't see the shadow. I was like, what is happening? And he's just shooting wildly. And then we go up there. And it's really weird that this guy's dead in a chair. And uh, like, I, okay, I didn't believe this for a second. Like this, it, that angle, not possible. You can't curve your bullet. Okay. This isn't that Angelina Jolie movie. They go back to the outside of the Santa Barbara Police Department. And Lassiter is about to get on the news to tell about the the takedown of Ivan Petrovich. And Sean and Gus decide that 50 bucks to the person who can get on the camera the most. It's very weird. They do a lot of things. And at one point, they have a little dance battle. <laughs> I just wrote, knock it off! That's exactly it. Lassiter is done with their shenanigans. Shenanigans! 
they're watching the end of the um the news broadcast timing how long each of them are on the screen and sean goes wait for it wait for it and then we see his face again and he got four and a half seconds so he wins wins. four and a half seconds um and we get something about tassels and gus is like you you and your irrational fear of tassels and sean is like what are they for gus what are they for (laughs) i agree decoration (laughs) he says okay but there's something bugging me gus is like you're just jealous did i write dorito spencer oh sean goes over to the the elliptical like he's going to start working out again but instead just grabs the doritos (laughs) they are still watching the news broadcast and Sean sees this little scar on Ivan's left hand and then remembers that the shooter did not have a little scar on his left hand. And he was like, oh, crap, it wasn't this guy. So then we get confirmation that Petrovich had been dead at least two hours when Lassiter shot him. So apparently they're saying that Lassiter did indeed shoot this dead body. I still don't buy that. That angle is wrong. They're wrong for that. There's a couple of great things here. There's another phone reference where Juliet comes barging in and she's like, why aren't you guys answering your phone? And they look and the phone is upside down on the charger. (laughs) Sean. And then when they find out about him shooting this guy that was already dead, uh, Gus goes, Lassie shot a dead guy. And Sean said, sounds about right. Um, he was already dead because he was over, he overdosed on massive amounts of PCP, heroin, and methamphetamines. Why would somebody take all of those at the same time, especially when you know what the drugs do? Like, you're a drug lord. Retweet. Uh, they ask if there is any, um, any forms of him being tied down or restrained, and Juliet confirms that there are rope burns on his wrists. Ooh, so he OD'd by force. Sean remembers that that's exactly how the kid died, on heroin and methamphetamine. Dun, dun, dun. Mr. Salamaccia. Lassiter gives Mr. Salamaccia, who I just call Dad. I'm happy you got his name. You're welcome. Um, He's trying to, like, tell Dad that things are going to be better because he's good. And Dad's like, oh, yeah, and gives him some flowers to take over to the gravesite and then pulls out a gun. Because, of course, he does. So nobody can hear from him and they can confirm that dad is a Marine. And today is the anniversary of his son's death. Um, Lassie at gunpoint. I don't have a lot here. He was two times decorated as a Marine, I think is what I wrote. Lassiter is trying to understand why this guy is going around killing people. And dad pretty much just tells him that he's angry that that they only got him on a gun charge. The dude is a known drug dealer who drugs kids and they only get him on a gun charge. And he's so upset. And Lassiter's like, I did my best. What else was I supposed to do? Okay, here. Okay, (laughs) here's my thing. I, too, asked that same exact question. If he's a known drug lord, why can't they flip somebody on him? Why can't they get him with a RICO law? But we hate when magically there's, like, 
evidence and then later someone's name is cleared and you know people overstepped and things were planted or conclusions were jumped to and like the system is flawed but like the burden of proof is very very important so i'm gonna land on the side of like you can't prosecute if the proof isn't there because how can you if they're innocent until proven guilty like i off off my soapbox no, no, I totally agree with you, but dad doesn't because dad suggested you poison him, blow him up, or make him dead. They were going to skip skip justice and go straight to death. Uh, which is exactly what Lassiter said. He said, that's not justice, that's murder. And women are too emotional. This entire time, dad is still planting flowers. Yeah, I which didn't just like, I, I think it's a really good, like, push to his mental state at the moment like he's planting flowers with one hand for his son because he's grieving his son so much with his other hand he's got the gun pointed at lassie so they arrive lassie's at gunpoint jules says freeze and the guy says drop it or i shoot the heck out of lassie and juliet does because she loves her partner and then kindly says i hope one of you have a weapon to sean and gus Sean still has the phone in his hand. Because why not? <laughs> Don't worry, man. This thing is way out of range. <laughs> and he's like, okay, one time. One time. And then he throws the phone. And he misses spectacularly. <laughs> but it was enough of a distraction that Lassiter was able to get the upper hand on Dad and uh, gets the gun from him, gets him down on the ground. Good job, Lassiter. Um, but Gus only cares about one thing. Did you just throw our cordless phone into a tree? You're buying us a new phone, Sean. <laughs> oh, my. So that's kind of the end of the main part. And our last scene is Sean's sports psychologist. Sean's on the diamond and the psychologist is like, your mind is your teammate. Not your opponent. Although sometimes you guys might not agree, he's always pulling for you. So this time I want you to throw the ball, knowing all the while that your teammate is pulling for you. Aww. And then yay, Sean's over his yips. Big hug. Probably too long of a hug. And um, Sean asks Dr. Manny to make sure that he bills Chief Vic for trauma therapy. Gus is very helpful and says, so what's your new block? Sean doesn't care. He wants to go get jerk chicken and Johnny Cakes. What did I say? Tory Hunter? Jamaican. What? Oh. Sean, Sean said, just call me Tory Hunter and do it in your Jamaican accent. And Gus goes, they call me Tory Hunter. (laughs) And then something, Sean says something about a lecture. I don't know. It's like the last thing I wrote down. Sean, lecture. I've, I have no idea. But <laughs> it, what they end up doing is Gus ends up pitching some balls to Gus. Gus ends up pitching some balls to Sean to see if his hitting has been impacted because his throwing yips are over. And uh, one, of thing, one of the things that Sean says is, bring that little tater tot which I thought was a weird kind of um, request. But then he misses. And then we get a montage of Sean hitting the ball. And then a nice scream of, Dr. Manny, come back, please. 
and then a fade out. And that's the episode. So where does that put us on the journeys of our people? Like, did it move us forward? I mean, we got more Gus. I'm never going to not celebrate that. But like, I think that's why this this episode is so forgettable to me. Yeah. The only person it, it helps kind of move in their journey is Henry. As Henry's like finally sharing his emotion about being scared for Sean. And needing Sean to touch base when something is going on. Yeah. Dang, But son. no, other than that, it no. It was kind of a... I mean, it was a funny episode. There weren't a lot of things in here that I like su- super disliked. It just was a... It was just like an okay episode. It was a... It was a five, if you will. Okay. Yeah, I'll call it a five. Now, I, I think there were more pop culture references than I caught. I guarantee there were, but the more sports ball references you put in that aren't like, you know, the 90s Chicago Bulls because Michael Jordan, like the less I, (laughs) the less I'm going to pay attention because I'm like, oh, that's not for me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, eh, I'm kind of stuck on the pizza chili cheese fries. I also really want pizza chili cheese fries. Oh my gosh. But that's like a day's worth of calories in a pizza chili cheese fry. Okay, do you want to know one of my favorite memories? And it's only a partial memory. By all means. We were all going to see a movie that the tribe of Amazons, our, our group of friends. And we were going to the hot dog shop, but we were running out of time. So we grabbed hot dog shop, and because I was driving, I didn't get to eat mine on the way. So I snuck my chili cheddar burger into the movies with us and enjoyed it (laughs) during the movie. (laughs) And from there on out, I was like, there are no rules. (laughs) I can do what I want. And then subsequently in college, um, Jamie and I decided that we wanted milk and cookies at the movies. So we took milk and cookies to the movies. <laughs> My husband's mother, I mean, takes, takes like Ziploc baggies full of snacks. Like she pulled out pulled pork one time, Kaylee. <laughs> like, hey, they allow I it on sneak- airplanes. Okay. They allow it on airplanes. I sneak carrots into the, uh, into the movies now because... It's a good substitute for popcorn. I was going to say now. Well, so, also popcorn is such a light calorie snack compared to like the, uh, like the other things you can buy in a movie theater that I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel no guilt about the popcorn other than maybe like they oversalt it there. Yeah. But they oversalt yeah. it. Like I want to soak it in butter and it's full of soy. Oh, is it? That's, that's, that's good to know. Cause I... like most of it doesn't have butter. So I'm usually safe cause none of that yeah. is real butter. <laughs> No. And I never add, like, the pumpy stuff. I just, like, buy it as is. If that is the case, I am Alexis. Because it makes me think of you because you're my big old papa monkey. <laughs> and I'm Kaylee. I only read London Financial Times and Dog Fancy. And this has been... To, to the, the Blueberry! Psych out. Psych out.